You're listening to a message from the church at Rutledge. For more information about TCAR, please visit thechurchatrutledge.org. Well, welcome again. Uh, And welcome to our season of Christmas celebration. Uh, For us, it's about Jesus. Um, obviously, hopefully, obviously, but some places maybe not so much. And I, I just want to say right up front, I am not like the legalistic, no Christmas trees, Santa's the Antichrist, okay, any of that stuff. We put up a Christmas tree, we do that. I have, well, it's Nikki's family, I'll blame it on her. That is like very anti, you know, all that stuff and, you know, there's people in the community that, in, even within the Christian community, I can remember a friend of mine, Jeff Cinnamon, when his church at Easter even got, like, protesters out front with the stuffed bunny on a cross, like, telling them they shouldn't be celebrating Easter and all that stuff. But it, anyway, it's like I am not, like, anti-Christmas, even though you'll hear me say a lot of things that's like, that what Christmas has become in our world is is really warring against us as Christians and what it should be about, okay? So when you hear me talk about that, it's not like I'm saying it's evil to put up a Christmas tree. If If you use those things to help point your hearts towards Christ, I'm good with it, okay? But when it becomes about all these other things and our joy is found in the stuff of Christmas rather than the actual substance of Christ, if you remember us talking about the shadows and the substance, then it's in Him, okay, and I hope that's what you get out of today, and and don't hear me, that's my disclaimer this morning, coming off it, we just need to cancel Christmas and just, all of us just sit around and eat oatmeal and stare at each other you know it's it's that's not i'm not saying that's what christmas should be i don't know where that came from um anyway the first thought i had was curds and whey but i don't i don't know that's some nursery rhyme i don't know i'm sorry okay let's start let's pray i think that's where we need to start because i'm already kind of off okay father thank you for letting us be here this morning may our hearts just be pointed toward you help me to communicate your word clearly may our hearts be pointed towards you may we begin today if we haven't already begin preparing for celebrating being ready for and and thinking about um, Christmas in a way that that celebrates your first coming the incarnation of your son Jesus and and then just fills our hearts with hope towards his second coming and when he returns for us again and sets all of this finally, eternally right. And so, Father, may our hearts just be filled with that and not filled with all kinds of unattainable expectations that this world just cannot fill. And so, thank you, Father. Open hearts and minds to your word, and I just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, that So, the point is, for us, it's all about Jesus, our great prophet, high priest, king, is coming again and Jesus Christ has died on the cross as I was just praying for us and will come again and reign as Lord 
Jesus forever. And this is the hope of the church as we are purchased with his blood. And it is the eager expectation and desire of his people should be his coming in and for his glory. And it will be for our joy, joy for he's our treasure, should be our greatest. He is our treasure and our greatest good. Okay, so there's this thing you'll hear from people that's kind of been brought back to life in in the evangelical Protestant circles because this was traditionally some you know in in more liturgical circles, but it's the whole um, Advent talk, and Advent is is um, from a Latin word meaning coming or arrival is all that is, and it's about the promise of the coming Christ. That's what it was for the folks in the Old Testament. We'll talk about the New Testament as well and and it is that twofold um, traditional celebration for us that is the advent of Jesus his birth the incarnation his death his resurrection um, and that anxiousness that we should have that anticipation that expectation of him coming again the Bible speaks over and over and again of us being watchful and, and watching for We don't know when. Beware of people that are like, this date, it's coming. We need to be ready. Oop, not that date, it's this date. Oh, wait a minute. We, it didn't happen then. It's this date, okay? that We don't know when it'll be. And I think that's a great thing and on purpose because what it does is not m- make us go, okay, I need to be ready for that date. But it just says, I need to be ready. I need to be living in a way that is ready, not... Well, I'll just wait until then and then get myself all straightened out, right? And, and so it's, it's that kind of thing. But it's that anxious awaiting of the second coming. The see, this season is a time of remembering and rejoicing uh, his first coming and, and second coming, watching and waiting, reflecting on the promises of God, which are all through scriptures. As we went through Genesis, Hopefully you've caught on to that, and we'll, we're going to look back at that and tie in where we've been going through Genesis to this prophecy of the coming Messiah, and hopefully that'll get you geared up and ready for what's to come in the next few weeks. But um, it's, it's the anticipation of the fulfillment of those promises with patience and prayerfulness and making ready. So the Advent season officially commences on the fourth Sunday it's called Advent Sunday before Christmas. So it's like now, right? Um, and continues until Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. Depends on how you look at that. Various theological traditions would celebrate this in, in a whole, all kinds of different ways. And you've probably seen the little Advent calendars that have the 24 days. And then you open the little windows or boxes or there's little boxes you open or all kinds of things you can do to, to kind of every day reminds you of he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. And so there's those kind of things. There's all kinds of other stuff that I'm not aware of, but um, you can you can find all kinds of various theological traditions. Um, and and that that's what it's about. And and that's Christmas. Okay? I hope for us that that is the heart of Christmas, even though all of our activity seems to swell around all this other stuff, okay? But but that's Christmas. And anything else, moving away from Christ being the center of Christmas 
is going to leave you unsatisfied in the end. It will. But, but in that life, it, um, I, don't, I don't know how this plays out. Expectations can be very detrimental to our mental and spiritual health, right? I mean, I'll just go to the level of marriage, and here's some marriage advice, okay? Like, all of, basically this, all of our frustrations in life, there was a pastor that said this, I didn't say this, so don't quote me on this, but I can't remember who it was, but there was a guy that said all of our frustrations in life um, stem from unmet expectations, okay? And so, like, if you're frustrated with your spouse, it's probably because you have these expectations that aren't being met, okay? So if you want to be happy with your spouse, you just lower your expectations, okay? Don't try to fix them, just, but just put your expectations way down here so you're always happily surprised anytime anything happens. You're like, wow, all right? Instead of high expectations and you're always disappointed, right? Okay, that's just a little advice. But, but that's, that's how we are. Life is a, is a, I would put it this way, it's a constant management of unmet expectations for us, right? And how do we deal with that? And how, what do we do to cope with those things? And, and so there's that thing in us that longs for more because there is more and God created us for more. And, and the more is, is not going to be found in some gift somebody bought you and wrapped up and gave to you for Christmas this year. Okay? And I'll just say this for parents. And this is me and Nikki. We, it's a constant, how do we do this and manage this and stuff. And we buy gifts for our kids and all that stuff. But I don't care if you buy everything on the list for your kids. Minutes after all of them are opened, to just days after all of them are opened, they'll, they'll be unsatisfied again. It won't be enough. If you think you're going to show your kids how much you love them and, 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 and fulfill their, and make them happy, and all, the, it'll be gone. I don't care if you get the Apple Watch you wanted for Christmas. Within days to months, you will, you will already be going what's next there's something in all of us that goes okay i got this what's next right because there's always something coming that we're looking forward to that we're we're always going to the next thing and 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 how often do you see people crushed if they don't get what they want for christmas right as though that's what life's about and and all the cultural and worldly worldly expectations we have put on Christmas are only going to disappoint you, okay? This isn't a Disney movie in reality. It's not going to happen that way, okay? Either you won't get everything you want and be disappointed, or you'll get everything on your list, and when you're done, you'll go, is that, is that it? Right? And you'll be thinking, you'll be, you know, they'll come out with the new... Apple Watch or whatever it is, and you'll be like, well, mine isn't good enough anymore. Right? And every commercial, every display, the stores, everything around us this time of year gears us up. The Christmas movies and shows, it's all promising things that it cannot deliver, much less sustain us. 
So just remember when you're sitting around here, I, maybe you'll think of me this Christmas, okay? When you're all done and you're sitting around, all the gifts have been opened, all the meals have been had, and you're sitting there because this will happen to you and you know it. Like when I say this, you're going to go, it's that way every year. You'll get done and you'll sit there. And yeah, there'll be some happening and be like, okay, it's good, everybody's here, or I wish Aunt so-and-so wasn't here, or, or how, wherever you get to with that, or man, Grandpa was a little crazy this year, or whatever it is. Um, you're going to be sitting around reflecting and there's something in you that will go. Just remember this when you sit there and, and think about this. You, you'll just go, is that it? Is that, is that really, was that it? Like I waited for this and had all these pictures in my mind and how I would feel afterward, but I just don't quite feel like I thought I would. Is that it? Right? So think of me in that moment go, you know what? Okay. Even in the midst of family and kids and, and that joy with that, there will be a longing for something more because even the good of this life is just a shadow of the one who is the substance. Right? As good as it can be here, it is at best a reflection of something greater that is to come. And that's why we long for it because we're made for that. We're made to be with God in this wonderful place and and enjoy him forever and and just that joy that's created by that which outweighs everything you could ever get for christmas okay I'd, i'll even go here okay mickey and i are having this conversation I, I i'll just say it this way then i'll explain okay because this is going to be this is going to be the same thing i see on on facebook probably okay the opioid problem, the the drug addiction problems, it's 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 all because of Christmas. Okay, now you get what I'm saying. Hopefully, it's all year round. Okay, not because of Christmas and Jesus Christmas. It's because of all these worldly expectations that people have. It's because of all this unmet expectations, and so to cope with it, we get we get started in addictions trying to sedate ourselves so we don't have to feel the unmet expectations and the disappointment and the frustration and the pain and the, the hurt and all the things that this world brings. We're trying to sedate ourselves out of it, right? And Christmas just amplifies that, right? It just, it's, it's the Facebook epidemic of, man, everybody's life is beautiful on there and mine's not in reality, so I have to sedate myself to deal with it, right? I mean, it's all that stuff that just paints this picture of, Hey, everybody else is joyful and happy. What's your problem? Right? And, and, and so, and everybody's going to go out now and, and preach your tea car, blame Christmas for the drug problem. Okay? Okay. Um, it's also the solution if it's about Christ. But we were made for more. We were made for Jesus. So Christmas is something to enjoy. And again, I'm not a joy kill about Christmas. Yes, celebrate and enjoy family and be generous to people as you can, but don't put your hope in the in the promise of this Christmas gifts and meals and all that stuff, but rather in the one who Christmas should be about. So we're starting this series and we'll look back and see scripture telling us about the coming of Jesus to earth to die for us and We'll look back at the incarnation, the birth of Jesus, and celebrate and hopefully get your heart and mindset on Jesus for the coming of Jesus again. Okay? 
And, and I know we all look to it. This is the thing, too. When you think about that hole, and I know I'm, here I am, I always say this, beating this horse to death, but hopefully you get it. Like, we all have these unmet expectations, whether it's marriage or, like, you get a job thinking, oh, this is going to be great, and people are going to think I'm great, and I'm going to make money, and it's going to be wonderful, and I'll get to pay all my bills, and that don't happen that way, right? And it doesn't work out the way we want it to, and we're always looking to the next thing, right? Everything about our lives is always looking to the next thing. So I pray that you'll come every week and here with a focus to help get focused so that we will see... Um, Maybe this Christmas can be more satisfying than it's ever been for you because we are closer to the true promise of Christmas that won't disappoint. Um, I mean, it's gotten so bad and, and people have gotten so impatient. You know the technology of our world and all these events? You know, there's people that think things are getting better and better and better, and, and it's not. One guy I heard say, talk about how all the technology and, and everything we have and all, all that it has led to is us being able to sin more comfortably more often with less guilt and, and just do that all easier. And, and, and it's just, it's it just making, there's a website, I don't know if you know this, like this, this freaked me out, okay? Because people get impatient and, and even kill each other over a Christmas deal on Black Friday, okay? There, there's a website, what was it called? FridayDeathCount.com. BlackFridayDeathCount.com. Is that not weird? Like, I was like, what? And it looks like, it goes back to all like, like to 2006 and shows all the shopping homicides. Okay? Because people get into it over, uh, with each other over a deal on a TV. That's how unsatisfied people are and think that if I can buy a 50-inch flat screen for 50 bucks, I, man, that'll, my life's fulfilled. I'll be satisfied. Like, this will be the greatest Christmas ever. Right? Things are not getting better in this world, okay? But we are so impatient for things. Like, you're already going, Marty, get to the next thing, Right? And the more time goes by, the more impatient the generations get. It, it's a proven scientific fact that technology and advancements are warring against patience, making people less patient. Um, so to, for me to sit up here and say to you this morning, um, we're, we're, we're just like the people of the Old Testament who, who waited for you know hundreds of years, um, waited for the Messiah to come. We're just like them, waiting on the coming of Christ again, and it's been 2,000 years already, and we're going to look back and compare that um, to being the center of Christmas for us. It leaves us unsatisfied. You know, you, you kind of go, oh, I don't know about that, you know, because we're impatient. We're impatient, right? Constant management of unmet expectations. But it, it, it wars against us. It really does. And so um, comparing that, and we've been waiting. I, I just, I know it maybe can't help you much, but God is trustworthy and faithful and exact and will deliver on his promise, but God operates on a timetable that we just don't get, okay? So let's look back at Genesis. Great connection here as we've been in going through the book of Genesis as we have learned 
God created everything and made everything good. Creation was made and man um, could enjoy creation. You know, everything that he made was, 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 a, was good. I mean, like everything from work, like it was a blessing to have work. It still is. It's just the curse from the fall makes that messed up and difficult. But work was a blessing. Um, it, it was food was good. You know, you eat and and all the, all these things are good. And what it did was is before the fall, what would happen is you would work or you would eat or or whatever. And, and you would go, man, that was great. Thank you, God. It would turn to worship and praise and thankfulness to the creator for the creation. Right. And so. God made all this thing, stuff good for us to enjoy uh, all these things of creation, even even making Adam and Eve and and even the whole thing of sex, whatever it is, was enjoyment. And, and the way God created it was for us to enjoy that and go, man, God is good. Thank you. But then the fall, sin enters the world and the serpent deceives Adam and Eve with the lie. And everything is shattered. And now even in our brokenness, even our relationship with God is broken by sin and we worship the created things instead of the creator. So now I own that food or I worship food and it's gluttony or or I use that or I worship that instead of it's part, I do it within the good confines of how God has created it and I thank Him for it. And so God tells them, the serpent Adam and Eve, the consequences of their rebellion in Genesis 3, and we're going to look at what God says to the serpent in Genesis 3, 14 and 15. It says, The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you will go, and dust you will eat all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman. Okay? And between you between your seed and her seed. Here's the big part. Okay? He shall bruise or crush is a more appropriate translation. He shall crush your head and you shall bruise him on the heel. Okay, and This is like, it's referred to, I think it's called the Proto-Evangelicon. It's the, the pre-gospel. This is the first time that there's a. it's alluded to of here's the plan, here's what's going to happen of Christ coming. It doesn't have all that stuff in it of explanation. It's just here it is right after the fall, God saying, I've got a plan and it's going to happen and here's what's going to happen. Eve will have a son that will crush the head of the serpent, of Satan, a fatal ending blow that will destroy evil and death and put back all that went wrong in the fall, undo the curse to creation all through a man born of a woman referring to Jesus. And in the process, the serpent will bruise his heel, or in other words, a reference to the cross and Satan thinking he's dealt this fatal blow to Jesus, but only wounding him as he comes back in victory. And so God telling of the coming of Jesus right in Genesis as soon as it happens and telling Satan, you're going to be crushed, you're going to be defeated when Jesus comes. And that's a promise. Now to go to Genesis 12 and check out Abraham. So, And this builds. What's awesome is it's a, it's a more and more revealing, more and more, you get more and more as you go along. And he just starts simple right there and says, here's what's going to happen. 
And then as it goes and you get into like Abraham, as we've checked out Abraham a lot over the last few weeks, we've been talking about him a lot. I want you to see the Christmas promise as it goes along and it builds. Okay, so Genesis 12, verse 3. And he's talking to Abraham and he says, I will bless those who bless you and the one who curses you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. So we start very vague in chapter 3. In the fall, you're going to have this man who's born of a woman coming to crush Satan's head. Now we get to chapter 12, and it starts to come in just a little bit. A clearer picture, going to be a Jew in the line of Abraham's lineage. Okay, so so it's not just who's this guy that's going to be. Now it's narrowing down to who that's going to be, right? And so Genesis 17, okay, verse. looking at verse 6, let's look at that. says it's narrowing narrowing i will make you exceedingly fruitful i will make nations of you and kings will come forth from you i will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be your god to be god to you and your descendants after you i will give to you and to your descendants after you the land of your sojournings all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. Okay? So you you see in there, it talks about, um, and kings will come forth from you. Okay? So hundreds of years before Israel, the Jews, ever get a king at all, God says this person, this descendant, this seed, this Messiah will come there'll be kings in the line of who this guy is. Going to be a man, will be Abraham's offspring, will be in the line of kings, will be in this promised land. See it narrowing, narrowing, narrowing. Then in Genesis 49, but we won't read that. You can read it later, but this is about Jacob talking to his sons and the 12 tribes. If you read like verses 8 through 10, it gets more specific and says Jesus will be of the tribe of Judah. It starts narrowing even more. Okay? So now, okay, and and I'm hoping you, like, to help you grasp this, okay? This is the book of Genesis long before any of this ever happens. Okay? So you have to get the implications of this. And so people who try to, they want to argue about the validity of Scripture, there are some things that you just look at and go, Okay, you can't explain that away. Okay, okay, it's not just a book, but it's sixty-six books put in a book, written over some, depending on who you talk to, fifteen hundred to two thousand years. Forty different authors from three different continents, and it's so consistent, without contradictions, matches up with all kinds of stuff as you look in apologetics of science and all that stuff. I mean, it's just so historically accurate of things outside the Bible that go, that point to and go, yeah, Jesus really lived, David really, all these things really were the way they, you know, it it says they were. Like, and then to have the amount of manuscripts of the Bible that we have, as close as we have to the original, there is no other historical document, no other writing 
from history that we have manuscripts of like the scriptures, like the Bible. Like there's not even close by hundreds, maybe thousands. Okay? Like you cannot just explain away the Bible with all the, the talk of, of, of well, it's all these stories from other cultures and blah, blah. I mean, we're going back, way back, and especially if you get to the beginning, okay, of history and things. It's just you cannot explain it away so easily like, like a lot of people think you can. I look at it and go, only God can put that together. Only God can do that. Okay? So, so when you look at that and then you go, and then you, to explain, explain the prophecies. Okay? If you, if you can throw out all this other stuff, explain the prophecies. For a book to be written and then there to be historical data that says, really happened. All these prophecies, like, we think it's a big deal that, what was the big lottery that was just, the Powerball thing, it went to like over a bit, 1.6 billion or something like that. Okay? The odds of winning that, like multiply that times like a million, the odds. I mean, it doesn't even come close to, to Jesus fulfilling all the prophecies, prophecies he did that were said about him, starting all the way back in Genesis. It's just impossible. It cannot even happen unless there's divine intervention. Okay? Yeah, I mean, really, okay? These people existed just as it said, it says, and it happened. And here's what's going on. All this time that, that we're reading all this stuff and, and the Messiah's coming, the Messiah's coming, there's going to be this one who comes, who sets all this right, who, who saves us from our sin, okay? All this time there's all this death and sickness and cancer and plagues and lost identity and natural disasters and evil and all these bad things happening all this time. Hundreds and hundreds of years waiting on the Messiah. But, but God has promised. Okay? And the deal, I think, is not that God is slow, but I think his, the problem here is that we are. Okay? If you get that. Okay? It, it's so certain things, I think, I think it takes all this time because when you look at this, certain things had to develop and happen and all these things have to be put together so that even as they're revealed to us spiritually, we can understand and grasp all this and, and go, yeah, I put my faith in that. I mean, it just to make the plan happen the way it should happen and for us to really get it. Okay? For us to see and understand all this. And as you read all this, you get to numbers and there's that whole, the whole Moab thing and, hey, pay this guy to tell me what this means and, Okay, and well, you and everybody's going to get wiped out and all this stuff. And you go from, there's all this stuff in there you can read um, all, all the way to that give, and that Moab thing giving you connection to David and from David and connection to Moses and, and in Deuteronomy connecting the dots all the way, keeping the promise alive as it goes. Okay, Moses says there will be a prophet, a king, and a priest among you, which is, is a unique thing because those offices were always kept separate. Okay, they're supposed to be kept separate, but then it's not three different people here, but you, but it's one person holding all three positions. It's the prophet Jesus who speaks truth and and 
gives the words of God to to people and and gives that truth. The priest who atones for our sins and then the king who rules over all is all powerful, has all authority. And this promise goes on and on through Scripture. Look, you look, get to Isaiah chapter 7. You get to verse 14. Therefore the Lord Himself will give you a sign. Okay? Behold, and here's the thing. You have to interpret Scripture with Scripture. Right? You, it's, you hear me say this all the time. Context, context, context. Okay? You have to put it in context of, of, of this of the thing, the things around it that's being said. You have to put it in context of the book of the Bible that's written in, and you have to put it in context of the of all sixty six books. Okay, it's context, context, context. Scripture interprets Scripture. Okay, so so because it gets into something here that's interesting. Therefore, the Lord Himself will give you a sign: Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she shall call his name Emmanuel, as we sang just a minute ago. God with us. He will eat curds and honey at the time. He knows enough to refuse evil and choose good. Now, we can get into all kinds of skeptics who try to say that the word virgin here means young maiden, and it does. Okay? And But you have to let Scripture interpret Scripture. So the context here of understanding when you look at all of Scripture is, is this is a miraculous sign from God. Okay? So the context is miraculous sign. So... Anybody here, when you were born, was your birth considered a miraculous sign? Like, did, did like a star appear over the hospital, and like all these people like rushed there, and like some dudes on camel showed up and put gifts at your feet, and and you know I'm exaggerating, but it's the point. Was was your birth or my birth or has anybody's birth other than Jesus ever been considered a miraculous sign? Did cameras show up and? It was on the news, and everybody sat around just kind of going, it's unexplainable, I can't, I don't know. Like, no, we can explain, I can explain your birth. We don't need to do that. But I can explain how that came about. Biologically, we can go, okay, there's a, there's a scientific way that this happens. We all know how that, the process, and, and how it gets to be that there's two people in a room, then there's three, Okay. We can all have an explanation for that, right? So why is this different? Because now all of a sudden, this just this simple birth from this woman is a miraculous sign, right? Your birth can be explained biologically, but not Jesus, okay? So as you look in Scripture, it's not just young maiden. It's because there's no biological explanation because she had never been with a man. She was a virgin, okay? The virgin birth, okay? Curds and honey, you know, that part in there is also, it's amazing that he's going to be in this line of kings, but yet curds and honey is the diet of a peasant, of somebody who's poor. Kings ate meat, fruit, and whatever they wanted and had all the best stuff, but this king, Jesus, is prophesied to be born poor. All these prophecies that came true, they, and it's, it's, it even goes against the culture of that time and for there to be those kings it's just it it's a it cannot have just happened okay it's fulfilled prophecy about the coming messiah isaiah 9 okay look in verse 2 the people who walk in darkness will see a great light those who live in a dark land the light will shine on them 
Okay, and, and and you have to. What it's talking about is Galilee, and it's and it's if you know where that is, and you got Jerusalem, and whenever it, there was a lot of attacks throughout history from the north on the people of Israel, so it, it was always being run over and pillaged, and so they would get it coming and going, right? Even when it's retreat, their retreating soldiers aren't happy. They're going to get it, okay? Because they're they're above where where it's being attacked, and so. This was a it was speaking of a land that had just been it's just not a place you wanted to live. You just went there if you were poor because it's so you can you have any place else to go, but it was a risk to live there. Okay? It was just not a great place throughout historically. It was always getting hit, okay? So these are people that haven't lived, you know, oh, we live in Galilee on the lake. No, it's not that kind of place. Okay? I mean there's a lake, but it's like it wasn't this wonderful, beautiful place and people were happy all the time. It was war-torn area. You shall multiply the nation. You shall increase their gladness. They will be glad in your presence as with the gladness of harvest, as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For you shall break the yoke of their burden and the staff on their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor as at the battle of Midian. For every boot of the booted warrior in the battle tumult and cloak rolled in blood will be burnt will be for burning fuel for the fire okay so this is this is bringing light and joy and happiness this is all that war and strife is going to end and it's all going to be good and all that all the stuff of that evilness will be gone it'll be burnt okay people who put their faith in the coming messiah will rejoice where there had once been war-torn heartache. For those who have been through the darkness, suffered, treated wrong, dealt with sickness and death, walked in turmoil, peace is coming, redemption is coming, gladness is coming. Okay? And so, if I can encourage you in any way this morning, because I can look around... And when I start to think of the things going on in your life from Rita and her dad and Tony and Emmanuel and their family and the, the cancer to loss of loved ones that you guys have suffered to family issues that I can look around and you have to things going on in your own lives. When I look around, I just I just go, you know what's wonderful? The day's over. You ain't going to be this way forever. It's tough now. One day we'll be past it all. It'll be all good for those who are in Christ. This isn't all there is. What you're going through doesn't last forever. I mean, right down to the fact that we can all sit around and go, I'm just tired. Right? One day that's all over. It's like eternal high dosage prednisone for the rest of your life, right? <laughs> and you'll be able to eat and it won't hurt you that 
the way it does now, okay? When you're on the prednisone, you know how it makes you eat, and most people get angry, okay? It won't make you angry. It won't be prednisone, it'll be Jesus, okay? One day it's all, it's all, we don't, it's not like this anymore. I mean, we can all go, yeah, one day this all ends. I'm going to die one day. The world's going to come to an end one day. But, but for those who are in Christ, it's a, it's more than that. It's not an unknown. It's not, I hope whatever it is on the other side is smiling at me when I get there. It's not an unknown. It's a, there are promises that are just true. And when we believe it and put our faith in that, we become a, a part of that and get to become Abraham's seed in this line of people who will enjoy God forever, be with him. And all, that, all this will be done. And it'll be just wonderful forever. Okay? Sorry. I'm going to grab this. It goes on in Isaiah chapter 9 to say, here's, here's why all that will happen. Here's why it all be turned around. Here's why there will be no more of this. For a child we be, will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor. Now here's the first time we get this. We've been talking about this guy that's coming, this Messiah. He's going to be our Savior. He's He's going to save us from our sin. But here we get wonderful counselor, and he's going to be God. God himself is going to be the one who sets this right. He comes and does this for us. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, eternal father, prince of peace. You know, you've got all those people go, that's why I have issue with like Jehovah Witness and that kind of thing of Jesus isn't God. And people say, well, Jesus never claimed to be God. Yeah, he did. Over and over. And you can go Old Testament, New Testament. whole thing is full of Jesus is God. Okay? You cannot get around that. You have to rewrite the Bible as some religions have. Okay? Mighty God. Man born of woman. Abraham's offspring. Tribe of Judah. Born miraculously by a virgin. In the line of kings. Will be poor. And he will be God. God in the flesh, Emmanuel, God with us. Isn't that incredible? There will be no, verse 7 goes on to say, there will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace. Okay? Sorry. I just had to, I have to poke a little fun. Okay? No end to, no end to the increase of the government or of peace. He's really going to make the world great again. Okay. That was for a little bit. Okay. Okay. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and, and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from the end from then on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. And, and stuff like that, when you, when you read that, that was the kind of stuff that people misinterpreted 
and they kind of to kind of mean he was going to be this political earthly king that he was going to reestablish government on earth and he was going to rule and 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 it would be that kind of kingdom they did not get what the kingdom of god was so governments are still broken today okay sorry and you're like that's right it's democrats fault that's right it's republicans fault okay shut up okay i've always wanted to say that from the pulpit i just got to say okay anyway it's okay it's always going to be broken always there's always going to be conflict and government is never going to fix i say this i do say this over and over and over okay government cannot fix the human heart there's sinners involved just like in the church and we've talked about that and it's imperfect it, they're in government okay in the education system none of that is ever going to solve the dilemma of the human heart it just won't okay you can't educate people enough out of sinful heart you can't make enough laws laws only just show how bad we are okay you can't law enough and make enough great laws and and legislate enough to make people be good it's not going to happen okay nothing we institute will do it only god can change a human heart it's not the right government that will fix our problems sorry not that we shouldn't try to do a good job okay and those things are maybe necessary but it's not going to fix that problem and you get to isaiah 53 okay we're we're bringing this to a, to a landing point, okay? You're like, amen, brother. I'm thinking about what's next, lunch already, okay? You got me anticipating, okay? Isaiah 53, who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of parched ground. He has no stately form of, or majesty that we should look upon him, nor appearance that we should be attracted to him. He's talking about Jesus. He was despised and forsaken of men, a man of sorrows acquainted with grief, and like one from whom men hide their face. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Here's a great fact. This is wonderful. Okay, Surely our griefs he himself bore and our sorrows he carried i hope that encourages you today whatever you're walking through okay yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken smitten of god and afflicted it's the great exchange of of someone who jesus who knows exactly what it's like to be you whenever you say those words nobody understands baloney okay he does he understands like no one else can jesus knows the weight of living in flesh in a fallen world jesus had weird family members okay he understands he is betrayed by his closest friends okay constantly falsely accused and attacked by religious people okay rumors spread about him suffers loss even to the point of having God Himself, the Father, t- 
turn and put his wrath on him. He gets it like nobody else gets it. Jesus can empathize with us. He knows what it feels like. So continuing on, it's that great exchange of he gets our sin and we get his righteousness. All of our junk gets put on him and we just get to seem holy and righteous. Not because we are, but because of Jesus. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Remember, we're still reading Old Testament way before all this happens. Bear that in mind, okay? That, that, just that fact alone okay, should move us somewhat. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him, and by his scourging we are healed. All of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, but the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. He gets our sin. We look holy and blameless before God and enjoy all the blessings of being His. He solves our heart issue. If we simply turn and believe in Him and His life, His death, His resurrection, then, then, that's, then we get to enjoy all that. Like, then one day this is over and it's great. It's all good. So here we are bearing down on another Christmas. And so in the waiting... Because that's the big countdown. We're all waiting on Christmas. Okay? I hope we don't turn it into, don't do that again this year, and turn it into just about all these things that just can't satisfy. That we would not worship the Creator, but we end up worshiping created things. But we would rather enjoy creation. We'd sit down and enjoy the ham and go, thank you, God, for making this kosher. Right? Thank, thank, thank you, God, for this food. I'm enjoying it, and it's just making me, it's just reminding me how good you are. Thank you, God, for this gift from somebody. It's not the gift. It's, it's the generosity and the goodness that's come to me from this person. And it's in them because of Jesus. And I just thank you, God, for all the good things in my life. And you just turn that into worship and praise. And let all that point you to Him. Don't just cut that off and go, oh. I got a version 3 Apple Watch. I wanted a 4. Right? Don't be that person, okay? If you're a Christian, don't be that person, okay? We look back and celebrate all this prophecy fulfilled in the first coming of his, his birth, death, resurrection, and look forward to the second coming with anticipation. And the promise is, is, is again, walk away this morning encouraged that the struggles are one day over. It's all fixed. One day, no more cancer, no more weird family. Well, you, your weird family member might make it, okay? But hopefully, you won't care that they're weird and maybe they won't be weird anymore. I don't know how that'll work, okay? You won't care, okay? You won't care that they won't be a jerk anymore, right? Okay? 
No more pain. No more heartache. None of that. The promise will be fulfilled. We won't have to live unsatisfied anymore. So let's pray. And ultimately, you know, this morning as we gather and we share the Word and we sing these songs and we hope it all points you to Jesus. I hope that if you don't know this wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, if you don't know Him, if, you don't, if you've never placed your faith in who he, who he really is, and that He died for your sins so that you could be forgiven and, and be with God forever, if you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ, that you would do so right now. Just turn to Him. Say, best I know how, God, I give myself to You. It's, it's, it's just you're walking through life, and here you are, and it's, man, I've been Lord of my own life. I've been my own prophet. I've been telling myself what truth is. I've been, I've been my own priest. I, I say what's good and what's not and what redeems me and what's okay and how to fix things. I've been my own king. I've been, I've been telling myself what I can and can't do. And want to tell everybody else at the same time. But it's just turning from that. That's this big word, repentance. It's just turning from yourself and your sin and turning to Jesus and going, now that I see Him and His goodness and He has the power and the authority to make all this right, I'm trusting Him as my prophet, my priest, my king. And so you just turn to Him and you put your faith in Him. Just, and just right now, you can just pray to Him and just have that conversation in your heart of, God, best I know how, I just, I'm giving myself to You. I turn to You. Will You be Lord of my life and King? And I just want to follow You all the way to the end. Thank You for dying on the cross in my place for my sin that I could have eternal life and know You. You're so good. And so maybe if that's You, you're celebrating Christmas really for what it means the first time this year. And I just hope you would communicate that to us and we can celebrate with you and help you in your next steps as a Christian. For the rest of us, Father, would we just long for Jesus more than anything? I know we should. We have salvation it should be that way, but we get so sidetracked. Would we just come back and, and just put down anything else that we're putting in front of who we say is our Savior and our King? Father, I pray for those going through tough times. They would be encouraged that this isn't permanent circumstances. It's temporary. It's temporary. And in the permanent, it will be all good. Thank You, Father, for how You work and that You had a plan and that You love us enough. Ultimately, God, that You love us enough to do this for us even though we rebel. And we still have rebellion. Father, we thank You for Your love and patience and mercy that just works with us. So may your Holy Spirit just guide us into more and more truth and to be more like your Son, Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.